Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. And today we're going over the pond to Sydney, Australia to talk to Irina Castellano, who's an author, etc., etc., etc. So, Irina, let's start with your academic background. Where did you go to school? Yes, hello. Thank you for this opportunity, Peter. I very much appreciate it. Well, I went to school in a few countries because I'm an expat child. My father moved a lot due to being an engineer, and I actually did my schooling. I'm originally from Germany, and I did my schooling in Germany, in Turkey, and I finished it off in the U.S. in North Carolina. Wow. Go Duke. <laughs> no, no, no. It was in Statesville. <laughs> Statesville, North Carolina. <laughs> Not Charlotte. <laughs> okay. So... Having said that, let's talk about your work experience. All right. Well, I actually, from the first time that my parents took me on an airplane, I actually wanted to become a flight attendant. So that was something I wanted to do at the age of six. And I actually then finally managed when I finished school. I was too young. So I actually started working as an au pair girl, as a nanny to learn some more languages. And I worked in a hotel, I worked at the mm -hmm. airport, and then I finally become, became a flight attendant. But I did it actually with the airline Emirates Airlines in Dubai. So I lived in the Middle East, and I loved it. It was a young airline, so promotions were pretty quick. And I became a safety trainer for cockpit and cabin crew. So I started my training experience, and I absolutely loved it. Then I... Um, met my husband. I was introduced to my husband, who is Australian. So I then moved to Australia, and I wasn't allowed to work for the first two years because of my spouse visa. It's a funny rule. <laughs> and then I actually opened up local papers, and it talked about fostering. And I thought, wow, that's something I always wanted to do ever since I read a book at the age of 15 while living in America. I read the book A Child Called It from Dave Pelser. And it talked about his experience of being abused by his biological mother, which horrified me because I always thought, you know, these type of things happen through strangers and not your own biological family. I was very naive. <laughs> and, yeah, then I just couldn't comprehend how somebody could single out one child, not all children, just one child, and he then ended up in foster care, and that just totally fascinated me. And I thought, one day, if I can help some children, because, you know, I've always been babysitting from the age of 12. I loved children, knew I wanted my own children, but I thought if we can help some kids out there that need a safe home, that would be absolutely my dream. Maybe even one day adopt. So I, you know, contacted my husband, who traveled a lot. <laughs> So he was gone 200 days a year, and I told him over the phone that, hey, I really wanted to foster children, and if he could go with me on that journey. He wasn't 100% convinced, but he went along with it, and he knew I needed to be occupied, have a purpose, and that was absolutely my passion. 
So we started fostering about 23 years ago, and we had about 80, 80 children in our care so far. And along the way, we also adopted two children. So one child while we lived in, because, you know, as I traveled a lot with my family when I was younger, I also then traveled a bit and then I traveled on my own. But then also with my husband, who was uh, based in, uh, who moved to Singapore and also to China. So we lived there for a few years. And in Singapore, we actually also fostered, but we also adopted one child. So we have one child that is Singaporean and we have a biological child and we then came back to Australia and continued fostering and adopted a child here locally as well. So we now have three kids permanently in our home that are all teenagers now. So I'm the lucky parent of three teenagers. <laughs> Challenging. Challenging. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Uh, this too will pass. It's a phase. <laughs> uh, you yeah. also got into writing. Yeah, because that, that actually came about because two years ago, I, yeah, my kids were off to high school and I thought, all right, this all gives me more time because my husband traveled so much. I had always worked during school hours so I could be there for my children. And then I realized, oh, high school, they're more independent, they're gone longer, then I want to do something now that's more really me. And besides the fostering, I wanted to do something else as well. So I actually became a life coach and was now helping women that, you know, were out there to find their purpose. But then I also heard about children being in motel rooms and caravan parks, because here in Australia, we don't have orphanages. And that's due to a long story about the stolen generation and what we did to the indigenous community here. So orphanages are not the way to go. That was decided. But now we have the issue that we have four and a half thousand kids in Australia in motel rooms and caravan parks without foster families to send them to. So I thought that is horrendous. These children mm -hmm. should be in family settings. They should be around dinner tables and not in a setting where they are, you know, babysat by casual workers. So this is then where I had an opportunity to be in a book. And since then, that was, you know, maybe a year and a half ago. And since then, I've done three books. So I've done book chapters to just raise awareness to the fact that we need foster carers desperately and I know it's the case as well in many other countries like the US and also in the UK we're all desperate for foster carers and we need to have more people that actually step up and give back to community but also understand the desperate need for these children to feel safe to feel supported and that yeah we can all do our bit and then i'm thinking you know there are so many people out there who are struggling to fall pregnant i mean i know what that feels like because it didn't help with my husband traveling <laughs> to actually fall pregnant so we've gone through ivf and the child our biological child is the result of ivf we've also had a miscarriage we also had a stillborn so at the end of the day i really know what it means to you know, not create the family so quickly as we all think we are capable of. So I would like to work with people who have gone through infertility issues and to just 
maybe become more open to the idea to create families the unconventional way. And also, you know, there are many people out there that are in same-sex relationships and they would love to create a family setting and have a child to look after. And yeah, I think if more people would be open to the idea of fostering and maybe even opening their home, you know, to a child that, as I always say, they haven't grown under my heart, but they have grown in it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I would just really like to raise awareness to the fact that there are so many kids that need a loving home. So how open is Australia to you advocating for what you're doing? Oh, they're very open to it, but uh, still, you know, I, I need to reach people. So I've done maybe a dozen, you know, podcasts or radio shows, and I've written my three books, but, you know, I still need to reach heaps more people. Mm. So I would love to work with IVF clinics. I would love to tell them that, hey, I'm not here to take your clients. I would like to work with the clients that you have been unsuccessful with. You know, so you didn't give them the dream of a family. So let me create this. So, And even if the dream is sometimes, of course, temporary, because the whole aim for foster children is to go back to birth family, there are many, many kids that cannot be reunited with birth family. And that's not up to me. That's not up to the child often, unfortunately, either. It is up to the court. So, you know, when the court decides it's unsafe and the child cannot be reunited, well, then where does it go? We need to have permanency for these children. And, you know, if you're open to it and say, hey, I'm happy to foster, but, you know, if that child cannot be reunited, then, yeah, I would also be happy to keep this child till the age of 18 and beyond. Then that's all I want. <laughs> so, Irina, one, one line description of each of the three books. Okay, the one book was written by 20 coaches together. So that's called Elevate Your Performance. And I'm the odd one out in that book with the fostering and adoption theme. <laughs> but I have created, in order to be in the book, you had to create your business. So I actually created a four-week course that was for potential foster carers and potential um, adoptive parents so that actually they can go with me through the four-week course and then feel supported and ready to start their journey with an agency to become authorized. So just, you know, to really demystify the whole idea of fostering and what is it all about and what is it like and to make an informed decision if fostering is for them or maybe even adoption. Then my second book is um, Women Changing the World. That was another book collaboration with another I think 20 women in there as well. But everybody was just telling their life story and wanted to be inspiring others to maybe go into their field of choice and to just learn about what they have and how they have created it. Because people, you know, have disabilities and have achieved, as you know, amazing things. And just everybody in its own field to show that everybody has a story and that we can all inspire one another. And then the third book was actually, I was approached by a lady who has a child with a disability. So that book, it's called Stories from the Heart. And I'm, I'm happy for anybody who contacts me via, you know, Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm happy to send them my 
email chapter. Of course, I cannot send other people's email chapter, uh, chapters, but I'm happy to share my email chapters for all three books for free because I'm just really here to raise awareness. It is not about, for me personally, selling over the books, so I'm more than happy to share my chapters. They're all slightly different. So the third book is about um, parents that have children with disabilities and how that has affected their family life and everything. And then, yeah, so my story, of course, is also about caring for kids um, from the foster care system and adoptive, which is more with a trauma background, yeah. Excellent. So if we take Irina today and we look three years from today, what's Irina going to be doing? I would like to have found homes for these kids. I really hope I can make a difference that every child that gets moved from these motel rooms and caravan parks into proper family settings uh, every single child that is less a statistic in those family settings, uh, in those motel settings, then, yeah, that would be an achievement for me. <laughs> well, one of the things that we have up in North America is a thing mm-hmm. called tiny homes, alternative dwelling units. Okay. And uh, they're for both homeless people and people who can put another small home on the property for somebody to live in. What a brilliant idea, especially for teenagers and kids that are already a bit older. That would be, that's amazing. Exactly. And what they do is they have a central area for cooking and showers and that kind of thing. So... They're uh, quite, a, quite an operation that uh, are run by these people. And yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, great. And, and I've been into a homeless shelter, which many people haven't. And what you don't realize is in the men's shelter, what they do is they have to leave their room by 8.30 in the morning and they lock their room. So they have to go out and do something productive, which I think is a great idea. And this particular one has a social enterprise that teaches them construction. And what they do is they do repairs on houses for residents in the various communities. So it's... This is something that you know, touches my heart. Oh. I'm glad to see that these people are doing something productive. Yeah, and it will show you that, you know, just by being there and supporting a person and telling them that, hey, you're worthy of my time. I'm here to help. I'm consistent. I'm, I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. Just that in itself is priceless because, you know, when you look at trauma, most trauma, and, you know, we're not talking about flooding or, you know, tsunami or something, but most trauma that has happened to somebody has happened through relationship. So the healing needs to take place through relationship. And the mistrust that people have is just tremendous. 
Well, there's an operation in uh, Colorado, Denver, and what they do is they help abused sports athletes. And that's one of the most recent interviews that I've done. And in the U.S., there was a, a medical doctor who looked after the gymnastics team. And he's now serving a life sentence. But uh, abused gymnastic athletes, 14 to 17 years old. And, uh, so the, this center in Colorado is just amazing. They do it for all over the U.S. And it's amazing. So yeah, one, fi okay. one, one, one final question. Do your mm -hmm. children, are they involved in anything that you do? Oh, well, I mean, they had to be involved when they were little. <laughs> they didn't, you know, when they were really tiny in terms of you couldn't ask them their opinion. We already had other kids coming. And, of course, for them, it was fun. It was fun having playmates, having, you know, new kids come and go. Uh, the going was tougher, uh, of course, just like, us as parents, I mean, if you have a child longer than three months, it becomes a big, big part of your life and your routine. And it is tough to see them go. And one in particular, we were all struggling with because she came at the age of one week straight out of hospital. And, you know, she stayed with us for 13 months. And she was such a huge part of our life. And then she moved on to grandma, which is only right because, you know, finally they had found grandma who didn't even know she was born and all of that. So, you know, of course it's right for the child to be with birth family, especially if we know, you know, she's going to be loved and supported. Uh, but it was hard. It was very hard when she left and we all needed a bit of a break. But also we are very lucky because we're actually still in contact with that particular family. I've got a lot of airplanes here at the moment. Hold on one second. And so, you know, we are very lucky that we're still in her life and she's still in our life. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's not so easy. But I also believe that our children have learned a lot through this. They've learned empathy. They've learned compassion because it's not something that you're born with. And I think it's not a surprise or, you know, not unusual for my daughter to choose to become a teacher because she wants to make a difference in kids' lives and she wants to also identify those that, that you know, are more needy than others and to support these kids. So, yeah, I think our kids have been a big, big part of these children's lives. And yeah, now as teenagers, I guess they're a bit less involved. I mean, we get placed with kids also at very short notice, to be very honest. I even had a phone call last night for a seven-year-old, but I declined because it is a volunteer service. And, yeah, I've got too much go going on this weekend, ex especially also being you here today. <laughs> um, and I have an assignment to complete. But, uh, yeah, so it can be at very short notice that kids come into our house if you're on that list of emergency carers. And I think it, you know, it keeps them on their toes also in seeing what's out there to hear about children where, you know, father is in jail or there were alcohol, drug or mental health issues. And I think it teaches them a lot. So as much as they have been a big part of this when they were little, now they're more independent and do their own thing. But 
Yeah, I think it is definitely a learning curve for every family member and something that we can all learn from. So Irene, are the three books listed on your website? And yeah, actually they are listed. Yeah, the photos are on my website as well. Okay. But like I say, if you contact me through my website or LinkedIn or Facebook or even Instagram, then I'm more than happy to send you those book chapters to any of your listeners. Excellent. Well, you know the one I'm interested in. <laughs> Disability. Yeah, okay, yeah. No problem. Uh, I can send you all three. Absolutely. Great, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, look, thank you very much for uh, this morning for you, for night for me. You've got a lot better weather than we have. That's true, 31 degrees, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're, let's see, minus one. So, well, no, uh, I prefer the heat. <laughs> uh, we have the white uh, thank sun. you very much for this opportunity today, Peter. I really appreciate it.